like are we too far away from no the we mics? can we can do it okay uh i hear that you have to look at the elbow and then that's the perfect spot to okay look, to have a perfect high five let's let's try to get the perfect high five in one try okay all right all right well first we have to channel our love for each other Mm. from our hearts all the way through our arm through our elbow into the palm of our hand and through to the other person right to the other person yeah all right so give me a second (laughs) okay are you are you charged i'm charged okay okay ready one two three That I was, could feel the love. I, I just got like a jolt of uh, Evelyn love. <laughs> wow, I feel so energized. Okay, wow, that was a great start. That was the best. That was a great solid start to this episode. All right. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lift Podcast. Today, we are exploring how Evelyn is living in faith today hi guys she's Uh, back y'all missed her i know y'all missed her we missed you evelyn oh my gosh missed you too Susie. honestly haven't seen you in like three weeks i know we literally like had like a whole two hour catch up just (laughs) (laughs) catching up on life yeah 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 all right so today's episode um i was reading through evelyn's notes and i was like damn girl this looks like a ted talk transcript (laughs) i don't know i'm just organized she's organized we love an organized mama type one type a (laughs) enneagram one i embrace it it. i'm excited to talk about it your personality is reflected in the um extensive note taking extensive notes which i love we love to see we love it thank you for your support (laughs) yes so much support okay so today uh we're talking about emotions emotional intelligence can Mm. i ask you evelyn like what prompted you to because i i just simply asked you like oh like this episode can just be us catching up and like me interviewing you on like things that you've been thinking about Mm -hmm. and like your notes were based off of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. um that was like the core Mm -hmm. so can i ask you like what prompted you to come up with like want to talk about this topic has it has there been things that's been happening in your life that like made you think about this topic more recently? Yeah, I I feel like actually it's been like a multi-year journey actually of like learning about emotional intelligence. Like that phrase was not even in my vocabulary until like maybe like four or five years ago, maybe even shorter. Mm. So like, I feel like a lot of this has been like building up as I've been continuing to learn about it. Um, And like now I feel like I see everything through emotional like how can I respond to this with emotional maturity Mm. um especially with like you know uh relationships and like conflicts that I have um and so like I've just like been kind of rolling around these thoughts in my brain of like all this stuff on my Mm -hmm. (laughs) extensive Mm note-taking so it's it's not even just like recently as of like months it's like recently as of like the past few years Mm. um and I've just like never thought about it this like critically before. Like, mm-hmm. I think like there's like natural tendencies of like, just like, oh, how do I respond well to this situation? But like, I was never thinking about it in such explicit terms. Mm-hmm. And like, I think having the explicit terms like really helps because like you like verbalize and like having language to talk about it helps mm-hmm. you perform or like do better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I feel like, 
I have also been thinking more deeply about this topic too. And you know why? I think it's because our brains are finally fully developed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our brains are not developed until you're literally 25. Right. And I'm 26. So right. That, that was only a year ago. Right. Exactly. I feel like once I turn, I think I talked a little bit about this on the previous episode, but like once I turn 25 or like 26, mm. there it's like a flip of the switch. Yeah. Like you can see things with so much more clarity mm-hmm. and like, you can draw connections that you weren't able to see before. Yeah. And like see things more deeply, see things more objectively. And like, I yeah. feel like with the emotional intelligence part, like I feel like this past year turning 25 or 26, I'm more easily able to validate myself mm. with emotional things, mm-hmm. which is something that I kind of lacked before my brain was fully developed. So yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that's maybe why another reason why yeah. I like even think about this more. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I yeah. think at 25, there is like some kind of switch mm-hmm. that like happens at it least really for is. me personally. Yeah. And like a lot of my friends. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we growing up. We're growing. <laughs> Our brains are growing. Our bodies are growing. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> Our, our souls are growing. I'm like, hopefully my body is not growing anymore. I, I, hopefully I don't get taller. because uh, Or wider. Vertically and horizontally. Okay. The only growth I want to have is the growth of my soul mm. and my friendships. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So can I ask you, Evelyn, how would you define emotional intelligence? Okay, as I was thinking about this, mm. um, I actually looked up the Wikipedia de- definition. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to read it. Okay. I feel like it's a pretty good definition. Okay. Um, it says, the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. People with high emotional intelligence can recognize their own emotions and those of others, use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior, discern between different feelings and label them appropriately, and adjust emotions to adapt to environments. Mm. There's a lot That's of a lot. words. There's a lot of words in that definition. <laughs> it's very wordy. Okay. But, but yeah. okay, I think the key thing here for me at least like what triggered my like thoughts about emotional intelligence is like thinking about empathy Mm. i think there's no like perceiving understanding managing emotions without empathy Mm -hmm. and like i i watched this video um of of brene brown Mm -hmm. i don't know if you know who brene brown she's her she's amazing Mm -hmm. um she like has a phd in like a bajillion things Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically she talks a lot about emotional intelligence um, and about just like social relationships between people and, and ourselves. So I watched this video in like college and he was talking about empathy versus sympathy. Mm. And like, I had never thought about this before until I watched this video and it like blew my mind. Mm. <laughs> um, so the, the empathy and sympathy are like very different, right? So like empathy is feeling with someone and mm. and instead of for someone so mm. sympathy is like if if you can imagine a picture of like someone being in like a deep dark hole they're like having a hard time empathy is like climbing down into that hole with mm. them mm. and sympathy is like hanging out at the top and mm. being like well at least like blah 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 mm. you know <laughs> all, all sympathetic relation or a sympathetic response it often starts with at least like it's mm. always like we want to like silver line a situation mm-hmm. um and like make things 
better <laughs> somehow. Like, right. but actually our responses almost never make anything better. Right. Really like what makes things better and what make people feel like seen and heard mm-hmm. is like connecting with them. And like, that can be hard because like, like in order to connect with someone, you have to be vulnerable because you also have to connect to your own dark emotions mm-hmm. to like connect with their dark emotions. So like that's hard and is can be sometimes like painful, mm-hmm. but then like the reward is so great. And then like, yeah, like that's how we, I don't know, grow in relationship and, and, and in our emotional intelligence. Mm, yeah, like that, the story that you just shared, it reminds me of that one scene in Inside Out when like Bing Bong is like sad that oh. his like, cart like trail like what is it the little like his wagon his wagon his yeah. he like lost his wagon and then joy is like oh like it's okay bing bong like look at me like <laughs> yeah. happy yeah. happy happy joy but then sadness is like oh like i'm really sorry you lost your wagon and like she just like sits there and like cries with him yeah. and like oh that one scene that is exactly yeah. what empathy is right. empathy feels fuels connection and mm. sympathy feels disconnection <laughs> i love that that's so profound wow yeah uh, not me brene brown guys mm. you can watch this video on youtube www.youtube <laughs> the youtube yeah. okay so okay question question i have some questions so okay so would you say that at the core of emotional intelligence is empathy yeah okay at least for me so empathy and vulnerability right yeah so then um what would you say like how can people be more empathetic like what's at the core of empathy like what does empathy boil down to Mm, like how do we grow our empathy Mm -hmm. i feel like empathy is something is like a muscle like we can grow it and like exercise it and like there are so many ways to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like empathy and like vulnerability go together so like you can't be empathetic if you are not vulnerable again mm-hmm. very scary very right. very risky because there's always like potential for pain when you're when you're vulnerable but then like the re- reward is like so great mm. that it like is worth it most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. I think it really is like digging into the hard emotions. Like I think like when people have conflict, like the tendency is to like avoid conflict resolution. Cause it's like hard mm-hmm. to have those conversations, but like don't avoid your conflicts, like engage with your conflicts and resolve them. Mm-hmm. And like, that's another thing you can do. Like just engaging with the hard emotions. What else? Go to therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Another thing that you can do is also like like be accountable as in like have people in your life who will like call you out mm-hmm. if you are not being empathetic. Yeah. And like, because we have so many blind spots. It's like if I don't even, like there are a lot of things that like I'm probably doing that I just like have no idea that I'm like coming off a certain way or mm-hmm. like doing something. Yeah, just like hurting someone unintentionally but then having people who will have those hard conversations with you and being like yeah you said that thing and it wasn't cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um is this answering the question okay so i have a lot may may i offer my two cents yes okay so i was thinking i was reading your notes Mm -hmm. and i was taking notes on your notes yes i think that at the core of empathy is love Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you can't like you can't empathize with someone if you don't love them. Yes. Yeah. 
And I think at the core of vulnerability is humility. Because hmm. I think it's like, if you're not humble and you don't like acknowledge that you're no better than the person who's struggling in front of you, like, mm. uh, like if you have this mindset of like, oh, like I'm strong and like I don't struggle and like, like I don't deal with difficult things in my life. And even if it's like, even if difficult things happen, like I'm strong enough to like, uh, deal with it on my own and I don't really need to talk about it with people. Mm. But if you're kind of like on that high horse and like, you think that you're better than everyone and think that like, you don't need to lead on people and like, you don't need support. Mm. That's a barrier to vulnerability. Yeah. So I think it's like, you have to come from like a humble place of like acknowledging that like, you're no better than anyone. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I agree. Yeah. And then I think that like, like the playground, I don't know if playground's the right word, like sandbox, <laughs> like, like area in which you can exercise and grow in empathy and vulnerability and emotional intelligence, that area has to be a safe space. Like it has to be safe for you to be vulnerable you know what i mean yeah because if it's not a safe space you wouldn't want to be vulnerable like you wouldn't want to yeah show all your like hard stuff you know yeah and i think that that safety comes from like being in long-term relationships and not mm. not relationships in like a romantic sense necessarily but like friendships that you've like known each other a long time and like have cultivated a safe space of of, yeah. of stuff you know being able to be vulnerable with each other um and I think actually it, developing like deep long-term relationships is really hard mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah it's easy to stay surface level for like a very long time right with like your friends yeah like trust takes a long time to build yeah trust. exactly but also i think like you need to be this is something that i've just adopted as like a life principle but like being just like very selective with who you choose to share things with mm -hmm. because if you share if you're like vulnerable with the wrong person that can do more harm than good yeah and so being careful and like wise in your selection and choosing people like who are capable of responding with gentleness mm -hmm. and love and kindness. Um, okay. So I'm reading this book, right? Gentle and lonely. Yeah. I think it's come up in like every podcast. I know, sorry. I'm still <laughs> reading it. I'm still a reader. I don't have time. No, no. It's okay. good. Um, so it says like one of the characteristics of Jesus is he deals with us gently he deals with sinners gently when, when we go with, when mm. we go to him. And uh, so I'm going to read a few lines. It says, uh, when we sin, we are encouraged to bring our mess to Jesus because he will know just how to receive us. He doesn't handle us roughly. He doesn't scowl and scold. He doesn't lash out the way many of our parents did. And all this restraint on his part is not because he has a diluted view of our sinfulness. He knows our sinfulness far more deeply than we do. Indeed, we are aware of just the tip of the iceberg of our depravity, even in the most searching moments of self-knowledge. His restraint simply flows from his tender heart for his people. Basically, like, okay, and then it says, he deals with us in the way 
that is just what we need. He deals with, he deals gently with us. Uh, he doesn't like go on a high horse. Like he comes down with us. He puts his arm around us basically. Mm. Um, and, and then later on it says, in other words, when Jesus deals gently with us, he is doing what is most fitting and natural to him. Him dealing gently is his deepest impulse and delight. Like patience, patient gentleness is his deepest impulse and delight. So, and then later on it says, why does Christ deal gently with us? The text tells us since he himself is is beset with weakness. So I think that's when the humility comes in. Mm -hmm. Like acknowledging that like you're weak. Mm -hmm. Um, Like only through humility are you able to be gentle with others. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that, like, Jesus is the ultimate example, right? Like, right. Of, of the highest amount of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think Jesus always met people where they were. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, mm-hmm. he comes to the table with, like, no judgment, yeah. no shame, no yeah. guilt. Yeah. Uh, and I think that takes a very high level of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Like, we are instinct, our instinct is to be judgmental because we always think we're right. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you can't like the worst thing to do when you're dealing with stuff is go to someone and then be judged for it because then that just makes you more shameful mm. for and like shame is like a whole other topic. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I just want to say like it's important to um, like when you're being vulnerable with people and like having conversations that require emotional intelligence, it's important to have them with people like who you trust and like Mm -hmm. will be loving and gentle with you and empathetic with you and who are humble enough. But also like because they love you will uh, gently call you out if you need to be corrected. So yeah. Yeah. I think another thing though is like sometimes you just like you can't choose who you have conflict with with Mm, (laughs) and so like maybe that person is not necessarily the safest space but Mm. you have to like yeah i want to ask you yeah like how do you navigate dealing with people who kind of lack emotional intelligence yeah that's really hard Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah how do you navigate that i think um what I was saying earlier about like meeting people where they are, like you can't have an expectation of someone to have a deep level of empathy if they just don't. And there shouldn't also be any shame, Mm. shaming of that person because they don't like, I feel like empathy is something you have to grow. And if you're not doing the hard work to grow it, then you may have like a low level of it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and that's like, okay. Um, and then like, when you approach that situation, like you have to extend like grace and empathy to them for like their lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. And that's so <laughs> um, hard. Yeah. It is really hard. And at some point, like, like I had a very recent interaction with a friend where like we had like a, a small conflict and we had like a, a resolving like conversation about it. I mean, but there was a level of like, I don't think he really got it in, in the end. And like, at that point, it's just, like, you just let it go. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's not going to get it, then he he doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And, like, there maybe in the future, like, he will, or this person will, like, grow in empathy or emotional intelligence and, like, maybe look back and, you know, 
be like, oh, so that's what she was saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe not, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, it's like, I, like if I have come to the situation with my best foot forward, mm-hmm. then like you've done everything you can, you've done, right. like you can do. Right. So like, like I feel good about what I've done. Like I, I have like, you know, um, admitted what my role in the situation was. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like trying to take his perspective, like why you know Mm. some things why it turned out the way it did and like what was my responsibility in that and then yeah like if you can do like put your best self forth and that's the the best you can do (laughs) right and then like if you are doing like if you have done all that you could out of love Mm -hmm. like at that point like it's not your job to teach them after that point right yeah yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it's like, how do I stay emotionally healthy? It's, I, I need right, to boundaries. have this conversation with this person because it's bothering me. Like yeah. I want him, like I want to have a conversation a resolving conversation, but you can't like necessarily have expectations about what that conversation is, is going to bring out. Like mm-hmm. it, you can't go into the conversation being like, he has to apologize mm-hmm. for this, this, and this, and this, yeah, right. <laughs> you need to be okay with what they say Mm. and like know that you have done the healing work for yourself Mm. and then, you know, approach it in that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I ask you like, what situations or what emotions do you find kind of more challenging than others to navigate with like love and empathy and like, like knowing that you should be emotionally intelligent in the situation, but then like, not if there's like a to. situation, yeah, like not wanting to, yeah, knowing that you should, but it's like hard for you to, yeah. Wait, are you asking for like a specific incident or what is your? Um, sorry, that question was <laughs> such a bad phrase question. I was basically like, oh, so like, what do you do when like blah 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 and everything out all at once? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we, yeah. Okay, so, okay. uh, what? Okay, let's start with. So I guess there's two versions of this question and you can answer whichever version that you want to okay so version a if you can like spot a pattern in your past what types of situations if there is like a commonality between those situations make it harder for you to exercise emotional intelligence Mm. and then and then question b like version b of that is like which emotions when you are triggered like which emotions are harder for you to navigate with intelligence if that makes sense Mm. i mean i think you just like touched on it i think the hardest like it's the hardest to exercise emotional intelligence when you're triggered Mm. okay so then can i ask you what tends to trigger you and like when you are triggered what types of emotions do you experience um Wow. Okay. Trigger. Mm. This is a a trigger warning. Trigger. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's really triggering when people are like patronizing Mm. of my emotions. Like they make me feel, okay. The phrase make me feel is not great, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) in response to what they say, like I'm feeling Mm. like I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling Mm. (laughs) and that is the worst feeling (laughs) yeah that is the worst feeling right like that's very triggering to me and like immediately I want to be like this is not okay yeah like I don't want to extend any grace to them they're wrong like all feelings are valid 
like they're very real to me and they should be able to understand that. Mm. Um, so it's really hard to like step back from that and be like, oh, okay, so what were they thinking when they said that? Like maybe they weren't, they weren't intentionally trying to patronize. Um, what was their like, uh, perspective in this situation? Maybe, you know, there's like so many other things that could be factoring into it. So yeah, that's a big trigger. <laughs> mm. uh, when in the past have you felt patronized like that? And like what oh, emotions so many times. were you having that people made you feel bad about having? What, what emotions were I, I was having? That, that people made you feel bad about having? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there have been many situations... Okay, I'll I'll give an example okay. from high school. Okay. okay, there's this guy that I was really into. Um, uh-huh. And we sort of like stealth dated for a little bit. And stealth dating means like we were like together, sort of, mm-hmm. but like didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> dating in secret, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was it was not anything serious at all. But I was like really into him. Yeah. Um. And I had known him for about a year and throughout the year that I had known him, he had like dated like three other girls. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, he knew that I liked him. Mm. Um, and I had just been like friends with him throughout this time. And, um, after he broke up with his last girlfriend, he suddenly was like, Hey, Hey, how you doing? I decided that I like you now. Mm, And I'm like, wow, over the moon. Mm. I am flying on the clouds. Like this is my dream. Mm. So then we like stay self dated for the summer. And then after that summer, um, he was like, I don't like you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a period of maybe two or three months. Um, so then I was like heartbroken. Okay. Mm Um, and because I was heartbroken, I was feeling like a lot of things. Like I was feeling very sad about like what happened. Like I kind of had these expectations of like what he, um, like who he was to me. Mm -hmm. And like, because of like my, my understanding, my relationship was like, we were very good friends. Like we were, we were very good friends before we like dated. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like after we like broke up, it wasn't really even a breakup, but mm-hmm. like stealth broke up. <laughs> um, it it was like I still expected him to like like be this kind of good friend to me, and mm-hmm. like to me, it felt like he was not like doing good friend things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was like very sad about that, and I was like expressing to him that mm-hmm. I was very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, here are the ways that like, um, I'm feeling like hurt in this situation and in this relationship and his response to those, um, like expressions of pain was like, like, I feel like he was like rolling his eyes. (laughs) Like, like he was, it it always like the way that he would respond would make me feel like I'm insane. Like Mm. I shouldn't be feeling the way that I'm feeling. Mm. Um, it's not kind of like gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like gaslighting, patronizing, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Um, what was the original question? Oh, no, you're answering okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And like that was a very traumatic experience. Mm. And that lasted for like a long time, like a multiple year emotional journey. Mm. Yeah. So do you feel like 
that experience kind of like kind of painted like left a left an impression on how you deal with emotion like how you end up dealing with emotions later down the line like oh definitely <laughs> like like yeah because I feel like for me too um moments that I have been invalidated with my with my emotions and like mm-hmm. been shamed for and kind of like you know patrons are like looked down upon for like having some emotions when they were the kind of the ones who like caused it I mean I don't want to say that but like mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah um I think like it's like I had been hurt by that person, but then that person was blaming me for being hurt. Yeah. Like the, that's kind of like the broad situation. Yeah. And then it, it makes you like question yourself. Right. Afterwards yeah. with everything, like any emotion you have, you're like, wait, am I valid for feeling this way? Like, yes, yeah. totally. That's, yeah. I mean, that's like exactly how I was feeling. Like mm. I, this was like when I was like uh, a freshman in college. So like pretty young. And I like, I don't even think emotional intelligence was like on my radar. Mm-hmm. So like at the time when he like responded to me in that way, I like believed him. I was mm-hmm. like, I am insane. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be feeling these things. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and I, I think I probably repressed my emotions for a long time after that. Yeah. Um, and only recently have been like, oh, that was probably wrong <laughs> yeah i feel like now that i'm 20 26 and my mm. brain is fully developed i'm looking back now i'm being like wait no like i was right like i was right about that and like they're actually they need to go to therapy yeah. like, <laughs> but I mean, how did you yeah how did you kind of like navigate out of that and like how did you end up like developing the muscles the like mental muscles to be able to validate yourself mm. A lot of things like, I I mean, to be honest, like the best way to like develop emotional intelligence is to like go through emotionally traumatic experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Not to say that you should go through emotionally traumatic experiences, but Mm -hmm. that is how I feel like I learned these things. Like in addition to other things, like a lot of reading, a lot Mm -hmm. of listening to podcasts, like Mm -hmm. conflict resolution with friends, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like, I think that, like, probably that situation that I just talked about, like, I I did not handle that very well. Like, I was very young. Mm. (laughs) Um, And navigating out of it, like, took a long time. And also, I don't even think I ended it very well. Mm. Um, But, like, I've had other emotionally traumatic experiences that, like, um, I feel like I handled semi better. Mm. (laughs) And I think it's, I think it's... um, just understanding how to separate the story so quote unquote story mm-hmm. which is like the the kind of the narrative that you tell yourself mm-hmm. when you're going through a hard situation or like there's a conflict versus like what's actually happening like what's true versus what's the story mm-hmm. and like breaking that down and then there's like a grounding in it because like i i feel like these like emotionally traumatic experiences are very confusing. Like Mm -hmm. it's very hard to know if what you're feeling is valid Mm -hmm. um, or not. Mm -hmm. Um, What actually happened, especially things that like happen over like long periods of time or like happened a really long time ago. You can't even remember necessarily. Mm. Um, But like separating those two things, um, what things am I extrapolating out of what happened Mm. um, and what things like actually happened 
and like figuring out the the answering the question of why like mm-hmm. why did I feel that way why was I extrapolating that way yeah <laughs> um and like writing that stuff down I am a strong proponent of journaling Mm -hmm. (laughs) usually like I think like actually having like verbal language to what you're feeling is very important like if you can't talk about it you probably are not processing it yeah it's like and I feel like once you start once you name things they become real yeah yeah and once they become real to you you can actually like think critically about it right like you can't solve the problem if you don't don't know know the the problem problem. (laughs) (laughs) mathematicians over here okay so okay I have a question yes uh, if you care to be vulnerable. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, what do you feel like were common narratives and stories that you would tell yourself? Hmm. Or the narratives that you would tell yourself most often that you had to kind of like unlearn and break out of? I mean, I think with a lot of the situations like, uh, the the narrative was like I would feel lots of shame like I would be like everything is my fault mm. <laughs> like they seem fine but I'm a mess so I am the problem oh, dude that's how I feel too yeah isn't that I feel like this is like a patriarchy issue like I feel like women are mm. oh well I will say most of my emotionally traumatic experiences have been, been with men, with men. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Not not all of them. There have also been other emotional and traumatic experiences with women. Mm-hmm. Um, but Most yeah, the, but the patronizing stuff, mostly from men. Oh, same. Yeah. For sure, same. Not to blank and state statement, like all men. Yeah. I don't want to say that at all, but mm-hmm. like from personal experience, like that has been what has happened to me. Me too. Yeah. Specifically for me, Korean men. <laughs> let's get real specific yeah not my not my family but like other people yeah, yeah. my dad's great the, yeah. <laughs> the patriarchy yeah tear the it down. oh my god okay that's interesting mm-hmm. um, wait Susie, do you want to talk about your triggers and <laughs> oh my god do your, i want to talk about triggers yeah. no do you want to do you want to talk about your triggers um let's see okay i have a lot of triggers <laughs> but the thing i don't know i feel like I've mentioned this before, but I I take a long ass time to process my emotions. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought about this. Really? Okay, let's see. <laughs> uh, what are my triggers? Yeah, what, <laughs> what, are, what are your triggers? I have, I have like, there's like triggers in different categories. So there's like family triggers, there's church triggers, there's like mm. guilt triggers, shame triggers, mm. relationship triggers, work triggers, you know. <laughs> um, so many triggers. <laughs> Um, but I, I do think that like a common one that I think the biggest one is also what you said too, like mm. my lack, my inability or like lack of ability to validate myself. Like that's something that I feel like I've always struggled with Yeah, growing up, but that I feel like once I turned 26, it's been getting easier to validate yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you've like grown in emotional intelligence since turning 25 and your brain was fully developed? Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just easier to validate myself. Like, I don't know oh, okay, how else to yeah. say it. Like, it's like, I think before I had such a hard time validating myself because I would be like, oh, but like they're an adult and they know better. Yeah, like, they probably know better than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, 
when you're a kid, you just think that adults know everything and like they're right about everything. But I think mm. that now that I'm an adult too, like my brain is an, a, is an adult brain now. Mm. Like sometimes now that I look back at the adults who like emotionally abused me and like mistreated me, mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Like you guys are an adult. <laughs> like y'all were adults. Like what were you doing? That was not the way to, like I, I feel like I'm more emotionally mature than they are. And I think I, because I see that now, mm. I'm like, oh, okay. Like it's just easier to, they've like come down from the pedestal and I I just view them as like equal, if not, I don't want to say less than equal, but like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it's like, um, I don't feel the power dynamics anymore with people Mm. who are older than me just simply Mm. because they're older than me Yeah, or have more authority than Mm. me. Like socially. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I, I just don't view adults as like powerful like beings anymore. Like they're just simply <laughs> you like are humans. an adult, and you, I'm an adult. Yeah, and you're and a like, powerful being. Yeah, <laughs> and we're we're like on equal level playing field now. So yeah, I think it's just easier to validate myself now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I feel like validating yourself is huge. <laughs> yeah, and that but then there's always a part of me that. I like in the back of my mind, I always want to like second guess myself, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. Like mm-hmm. there's like um, a lot, like I, I do feel like feelings and emotions are very real and, and should be validated because like what you're feeling only exists within your own body and your own mind. Mm-hmm. And like, that's very real to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, it's like separating the feeling from like y- your response mm-hmm. kind of like um even if i'm feeling like fear like that fear is real but i don't need to act out of fear mm. you know yeah mm. right yeah it's like allowing yourself to feel and process and sit with your emotions mm-hmm. without feeling the need to act on them yeah like don't let your feelings dictate your actions necessarily right. like yeah like sleep on it yeah yeah <laughs> sleep on it sleep on it eat a good meal and then afterwards see if you're still upset <laughs> and then if you still are then yeah <laughs> that, that's the the test the litmus test <laughs> it is it really is yeah sometimes after i take a nap oh nappy i'm like oh everything's fine great right? yeah just need a little nap <laughs> a little nappy rest um, actually is so important it's so important <laughs> eating food is so important too yeah you'd die yeah. without it yeah. <laughs> okay so um i think another reason in the past i had trouble validating myself um was because the people who would make me question myself had inflated egos mm. and they were like narcissistic mm. and so they said words with such confidence that I was like, oh shit, like, I guess they know what they're saying and like, I guess what they're saying is right. Yeah. But now that I'm older, I'm like, they were just narcissists and like, (laughs) they just had inflated egos. Like, they weren't, like, they think that they're right, but they're really not and like, they just lack the emotional intelligence and self-awareness to even like, yeah, I don't know, man. That's like one of my greatest fears though is like thinking that I'm right and actually I'm wrong. But I think the fact that we have that fear means that we're incapable of being that way because we 
are self-aware like that. You know what I mean? Like some people don't even yeah. second guess themselves. Yeah. They don't even question themselves because they have inflated egos and they think they're right about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So toxic. Yeah. Get out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no room for people like that in my life anymore. Dude, the beautiful thing about getting older is you can cut people off. <laughs> you don't have to be like in any circle that you don't want to be in like yeah that's that's like exercising emotional intelligence as well like what relationships are toxic Mm -hmm. and i should not be in them and that could be really hard yeah yeah but for your own emotional health Mm -hmm. you gotta do it yeah you gotta do it so how does emotional intelligence and faith how do they like intersect and how do they come together Yeah, I I feel like emotional intelligence is about relationships, right? Like Mm. relationship with others and also yourself. Um, And faith is like intrinsically relational Mm -hmm. uh, and like require a degree of emotional intelligence. Again, with like others, um, ourselves and with God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think like having emotional intelligence also equals like knowing yourself well. And I've been thinking a lot about how like knowing yourself means you can serve and love others better. Like Mm. if you put um, your best self out into the world, like you can love um, at your maximum potential. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, like as you develop your emotional maturity and your emotional intelligence, it's like when you have a conflict with someone, like you know how to love, like bring love out of that situation, even if the, situation is hard mm-hmm. you know yeah and like the greatest commandment is to love god and to love others and like right. i think emotional intelligence is like integral to yeah. like loving god and loving others yeah and for sure for sure do you have thoughts about that like how do you think faith in emotional intelligence intersect i do have thoughts about that thank you so much for Tell asking me. yeah okay so i think what i was saying earlier about like how jesus deals with us gently mm. like and I was saying how, like, we should be selective with who we share things with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as we, as Christians, like, are on this walk of faith and, like, on this journey to uh, of, like, sanctification and, like, becoming more like Christ. Like, as we become more like Christ, we're able to be more empathetic, be more vulnerable, be more gentle when people come to us. And then when they come to us in vulnerability um, and in their weakness, we can meet them. Like, like as just as Jesus responds to us in the absolute perfect way we need to re- be responded to and be, re- be accepted, we're able to do that for others when they come to us. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is yeah. the ultimate example right. of empathy. <laughs> right. So as we become more like Christ, we're able to, like we have more Christ-like traits and so it just strengthens the connection with people and like it just strengthens relationships yeah um, when we're all just like trying to we're all on that journey together of like becoming more like christ yeah yeah Yeah. snaps Mm. (laughs) 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 yeah definitely yeah and i wonder like i just like wonder like how like the father son and spirit like the trinity like how they like emotionally support each other you know what i mean like isn't that kind of cute oh that's kind of a weird thought yeah i've never thought about that before Mm -hmm. i don't even think they even like 
they're perfect so they don't even need to like they're just perfectly emotionally supportive and intelligent isn't that so like cool though like they're like they they're one but then they're all like also separate but like they know how to support each other in the way that they need and like i don't know it's just like yeah right i just imagine being like you go you go holy spirit oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) i almost feel like they don't need it like because like why do we need an emotional intelligence is because we're like flawed human beings who like are constantly in conflict with others and ourselves mm-hmm. and like humans i mean god is not a human mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he doesn't have conflict he's perfect and holy like mm-hmm. it's almost like he like he he wouldn't even need to be emotionally intelligent it's like an mm-hmm. unnecessary factor in a perfect and holy world hmm but i'll also it's like but they do have it just because we're sinners and like they meet us where we are. Mm, and so yeah. their emotional intelligence is perfect when they're meeting us, you know? Yeah. How do you feel like this was something I was chewing on as I was taking notes of like, how does emotional re- uh, intelligence like play into our relationship with God? Mm. Oh yeah. I think it's like definitely, well, the first thing that came to my head was like, being honest with God Mm, vulnerability vulnerability Uh, with yourself mm -hmm. and like just being completely honest because if you're not honest with yourself you can't be honest with God you know yeah 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 like you have to bring everything to the table all that ugly stuff right (laughs) right well I think there's another quote in here that um relates to this Mm, okay it says one of the quotes is um as deep as our sinfulness runs ever deeper runs his gentleness Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah dude this is a great book (laughs) wait okay yeah i i feel like emotional intelligence is like mostly for um like your side of the relationship in a relationship with God Mm -hmm. because it's like um knowing yourself well and like how um yeah just like being vulnerable and honest like you were saying versus Mm -hmm. because like God is perfect and he's never gonna Mm -hmm. do anything wrong Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and then also like uh kind of briefly what I mentioned before about like having the humility to admit that you're a sinner Cause I, as I was reading this book, I had this moment like two nights ago or something where I was just so overwhelmed with, I was like, Oh my God, I'm disgusting. Like <laughs> I'm more of a sinner than I can ever even imagine. Yeah. Yet his grace is deeper and more loving than I can ever imagine. Yeah. So, I got a glimpse of like myself in that like total depravity state. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> this is disgusting. Yeah. Oh my God. But then having like the, I guess that's even God's grace that he was able to even show me that because I yeah. feel like it's easy to, you kind of don't, you don't think about it. You, you don't think, think about you it. You think mostly I'm a good person. Right. It's like you think, well, I'm saved. Like I go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I like am decent. But then 
But then if you actually like think about your thoughts, the thoughts that you have every day mm. and like your deep intentions, like deep down, deeply rooted, like we're all very selfish. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you like you kind of don't even want to peel back the layers and like view yourself because you're afraid of I mean, at least for me, like you're I'm afraid of what I'll find. Yeah. Underneath all of that. Mm. But then I got a glimpse of it and I was like, this is gross. <laughs> and I felt so like mm. wow. I I didn't even know how much of of a sinner I was, you yeah. know? And it, the that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like it goes even deeper. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that like God's grace and God's love, like is far even more powerful and like mm. can redeem that. Even the sins that I'm not even aware of mm-hmm. like, damn. Yeah. How did that feel? It was like, I had a moment where I was like, this is disgusting, like gross. But then I had, a flip of the switch where I was like, wow, like that's how amazing God's grace is. Yeah. You know, it was like total, like I was like, whoa. Yeah. And an overwhelm with gratitude. Wow. Yeah. It's good to have those moments. Like, yeah. Just to be reminded. I feel like like those truths, like those intrinsic truths are like, mm-hmm. like I know them, mm-hmm. but then like to, to really think and meditate mm-hmm. on them mm-hmm. are like really good reminders. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So that, I think, yeah, that's how emotional intelligence plays into it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely in other ways too. It's like when you're in a church setting, mm-hmm. it's important to have emotional intelligence because you're literally like interacting with other eternal souls that like God loves and has chosen. Yeah. And you want to navigate those relationships with like the utmost care and respect and patience and love and kindness right yeah Yeah. like faith is intrinsically Mm -hmm. relational right yeah yeah that's good that's beautiful (laughs) evelyn you're beautiful oh my gosh you're beautiful Susie. (sighs) but also a depraved sinner (laughs) (laughs) but also i am too so uh We'll sin together. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be redeemed together. We will. Oh, Evelyn, I can't wait to see you in heaven. Like, oh my God. You're going to be so beautiful. Oh my I hope gosh. you have a leather jacket in heaven. Oh my gosh. And I'll be like, I hope you do too. That soul is my best friend. <laughs> that soul is my friend and she's so cool. Oh my gosh. Right back at you. I feel like you're already so beautiful. Like, How can you even exceed it? But you will. <laughs> in heaven. We will be perfectly your, sanctified I bodies. I want your uh, leather jacket to just be made out of pure light. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it then be a light jacket? A light jacket. Oh. <laughs> uh, we've really derailed. <laughs> okay. Let's get back on track. Okay. So I see in your notes you have, what are these steps to approaching a hard situation with emotional maturity? Yeah. Would you like to share the steps? Yeah. Um, this has come, okay, uh, just as, as a preface, I'm not a professional. <laughs> um, I'm not a therapist. Um, but I would like to say that this has come from um, personal experience as well as some stuff from Brene Brown. Shout mm. out to Brene Brown. Um, and yeah, this is kind of also sort of what I do when I have um, something that's bothering me or making me angsty. I will mm-hmm. usually go through these steps 
maybe not exactly in this order mm -hmm. um through like a journaling type of exercise okay so the the first step is to identify the feelings mm. um that's like asking yourself what are you feeling mm -hmm. is it fear shame guilt anger sadness um like putting words to what you are feeling like because mm. i feel like when i get really angsty it often just feels like a very muddled thing in my brain or in my heart wherever um but like clearly defining like what am i feeling um so that's the first step and then the second step is to identify the quote unquote story mm. so this this is something that i read um in a book called um dare to lead by Brene brown um and and i uh just i mentioned it a little bit earlier but like the story um is like the narrative that you tell yourself in a usually like a conflict situation like mm -hmm. um i'll give like a short example a, a hypothetical example <laughs> for example like say i live with my sister so like sometimes she like leaves a lot of dishes in the sink um and i could look at those um dishes in the th sink and think like wow she's just like passive aggressively like telling me to like do more around the house or something mm -hmm. like that when in reality reality like she could have been just like busy and like mm -hmm. she didn't wash her dishes you know mm -hmm. um but i could take that like very small thing and like extrapolate that out into things that like not the that really like don't exist mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um so um so how are the feelings that you identified like fueling what you're telling yourself mm -hmm. about this interaction like what is the narrative that i'm building mm -hmm. and what are you thinking about yourself mm -hmm. like maybe there's feelings of guilt and shame there uh and and what what are you thinking about the other person? Like mm. they're an a-hole or mm. whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. An a-hole, b-hole, c-hole, yeah. d-hole. And it's okay. All the holes. <laughs> it's it's uh, again, like it's okay to like, like really get it out there. Like um, put it all down. Like it feels maybe really ugly to like say those things. But again, verbalization, mm. yeah. important. Mm. Okay. The third step is to identify what's true so that's asking yourself what actually happened mm. versus things that you're extrapolating again the story like distilling down those two uh different things what do you know about yourself um and the other person so that's uh two things like knowing about yourself like character wise personality wise like what you're triggered by mm. this also like stems from a background of like knowing yourself well mm. if you don't know yourself well you probably can't accomplish this step very well mm. um and then what do you know about the other person's character and personality mm. and then also what do you know about the context of which this interaction happened mm -hmm. like perhaps the situation is like this person's like really busy at work or something and like mm -hmm. that can fuel like other interactions that could be conflict uh inducing when really it's just like about their work because they're busy mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's like oh why did they do that um yeah and then the the fourth step is identify next steps mm. so do you need to have a conflict resolving conversation like sometimes you don't actually need to mm -hmm. <laughs> like maybe it's something that you like need to deal with internally mm -hmm. and it was probably like like you can identify that that was probably you being triggered and they did not do anything wrong um and then that just like moving on 
Um, but sometimes, a lot of times, like maybe you do need a conflict resolving conversation and those conversations are very hard. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that asking yourself if you need those and then how do you have that conversation with as much grace and empathy? Mm. I feel that like, like I've said before of like putting your best self forward is very important because like you have to feel good about like what you have brought to the table because then you can stand in your integrity and be like, I've done the best I can. And then there, that absolves you of like feeling shame and guilt if the conflict is still there after the conversation, right? Because you've done everything and then then it, it is on the other person if they do not respond mm-hmm. with empathy, with, you know, forgiveness, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and something to keep in mind when we have these conversations is that conflict is almost 100% of the time, like two-sided. Mm, that's very real. <laughs> um, so you have to ask yourself, like, what is your role? Mm. Uh, what was theirs? Um, uh, and avoid, like, digging yourself into, like, thought trenches of, like, blame. Like, mm. being like, I was right in this situation and they did everything wrong and mm-hmm. I'm going to just, like, totally blame them. Like, it's almost never like that. Like, you are also a flawed human and you make mistakes and you probably did something. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think there probably are some situations where, like, the, the person is just, like, terrible and they did something totally out of the blue that was, mm-hmm. like, really unmerited. But most of the time, like, these really hard conversations um, are happening between, like, good friends or, like, your partner, whoever, family. And, like, these are, like, long-term relationships. And so... Like there's, there's so much in a relationship that it's like feeling conflict or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So those, those are the four, the four steps. Okay. So wow, let's, that's great. <laughs> let's recap. We identify the feelings. We identify the story. We identify what's true. And then we identify next steps. Mm. Um, and this is like, I'm like a very like type A uh type one or not type type a yes type a type one yeah type a, a one, type one a one sauce. so like this like organizational way of like like approaching hard situations just like helps me like some people may like maybe this doesn't help <laughs> no this actually does really help i just like how it's like clearly laid out so yeah yeah because i feel like when you're going through like a hard situation with emotions like you don't even know like what the steps yeah. are, but I like how this outlines like steps that you can actually take. Yeah. Like the practical side of it is like, we can talk about emotional intelligence for days, but like practical application, like I do believe emotional intelligence is growable. That's mm-hmm. not a word. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is like a muscle, like yeah. you need to practice it. And yeah. like, you also have to put effort into doing it. Right. And these are very actionable steps. Yeah. Take. take the yeah. action. Take the action. Take the action. Bring the action. <laughs> yeah. When he in the club, <laughs> all eyes on us. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I thought it would be fun uh, okay. to have an emotional intelligence exercise, okay. which means like, Susie, I was going to ask you if okay. you would like to be vulnerable, <sighs> tell, tell, tell a story of okay. an interaction um, or an incident that made you feel unsettled and we can do the steps together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to share a story. Okay. That I've been kind of like uh holding a grudge. Mm, bitterness. Yeah, I've been holding like bitterness and resentment about this incident that happened a year ago. But I feel like this is a safe space for me to share because you're a safe person. Oh and, god. <laughs> and you're not gonna you're not gonna fuel more you're not gonna add to the bitterness and resentment okay yeah yeah, yeah. I, you're gonna help me navigate through I, it 
I will do my best. <laughs> I I'm feel nervous. Ve- I feel very honored. I'm uh, nervous. And I'm, again, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> but yes, I'm ready. I honestly, okay. I have no idea how this is going to go. So. Okay, I'm, I'm nervous too. But no one listens to this podcast, so uh, I feel it's, it's, it's fine to share. Okay, so this was actually kind of like the last straw that... It was the, what is it called? The, the straw, straw that, that broke, broke the, the camel's, camel's back. back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the horse's back. Yeah, something like or that. Or no, something. Um, that caused, that was just like the final straw that like led me to leave my previous church. Mm. So, so do I share the story? Yeah, okay. as much as you would like, you know. Okay, okay. So there was a situation where... I was invited to go clubbing with uh, these like women at the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, they had like leadership positions at the church, but mm-hmm. it's like, we're all adults. Mm-hmm. What's wrong about clubbing? Like, <laughs> yeah. What? Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So, so we went and it was a fun time. We had, we had, we had a blast. It was great. It was fun. Okay. Um, and then I had posted some like stories on my close friends. Mm hmm. I can't believe I'm sharing this story. <laughs> I think because I'm like, I'm feeling like vulnerable. I'm, I'm kind of like scared. Vulnerability is um, very important for growing your emotional intelligence. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I had posted some like stories on my close friends of like us um, out on the town, right? Yeah. Um, just like having fun. And none of it was like inappropriate. Like it was just literally just like selfie. Like, we were just like smiling. Like okay. it was nothing like inappropriate. Um. And it, mind you, it was like on my close friends list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so meaning like it wasn't, I didn't share it to anyone like publicly, like, mm. and the people who saw it, like already knew who those people were mm-hmm. that I went clubbing with. Mm-hmm. And so like, I didn't think anything of it. I literally had no, I was like, there's literally like no, like problem with posting this you know right um so then <laughs> and then the next day i was like oh that was fun like that was, I, I had a great time i was at like i had like a barbecue the next day like mm-hmm. it was great like whatever but then um but then i think like uh like the so someone on my close friends list was the brother-in-law of one of the girls who i went with and so the brother-in-law asked her, he was like, oh, like, did you have fun last night? And then, and then she texted me and she was like freaking out. And she was like, oh my God, Susie, like, did you send the picture? Like, did you send pictures to people? Like, how did, how does he know about this? Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh yeah, I just posted on my close friends. Um, and then I sent her what I, what I posted mm-hmm. and, um, just to, just to show her, like, it wasn't anything inappropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh she was like freaking out she's like oh my god like i can't believe like you posted that like it, it was supposed to be a secret that i went blah blah blah. and she basically and this this woman is she's like what she's like in her 30s mm. um she she has a husband and kids like she's an adult like mm-hmm. what the heck is wrong like why is that a secret you know yeah. why is it a secret um and like your your husband knows you're going clubbing like i don't know it was just like like what like i think it, the background context is like She's like Korean, like, uh, she like lives with her, or she doesn't live with her in-laws, but she's like, 
I guess she didn't want her in-laws to find out for some reason. And so, or I guess she didn't want church people to find out for some reason, I guess. I guess she, that's just, you know. But you went with all church people. Right. We went with (laughs) church people and they, they like talked about it. They like, like, it wasn't like a, I don't, it just didn't seem like a secret. And if it was a secret, she should have told me from the start that it was a secret. I don't know. Just the whole thing was like weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so then I was just like, oh, like, sorry, my bad. Like, whatever, like deal with, like, it's really not a big deal. So I just went about my day thinking like, oh, like, I mean, she'll get over it. Like, it's really not a fucking big deal. Um, so I was like going about my day and then at night, (laughs) at night, uh, her husband texts me. And he goes, Susie, like, can we talk? And I was like, at this point, um, I was feeling like, what is the fucking big deal? Like, you know, and then I was like, I was like texting with um, the girl's brother-in-law too. Cause like we're friends and we, I was just like, uh, and he was telling me that like they're overreacting. Mm. Um, and he was basically telling me like I did nothing wrong, which like was really helpful because it was like very validating. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know why they're overreacting. Like they're making such a big deal out of this. Like, mm-hmm. um, they're." It just seemed to me. This is the narrative that I'm telling myself. That it just seemed to me that like they were just very like, uh, wanting to protect their image and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <laughs> so then when his when the husband texted me, like he wanted to call, but I was like, I think at that point I was like triggered from like previous experiences of like, uh, church authority figures, like patronizing me. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to avoid the phone calls. We were just like texting and my heart was like beating so fast because I was like, Oh my God, like I did something wrong. Like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, you know, just like self blame, blame all this guilt and like shame and stuff. Mm. Um, and, and then so he, I think he was trying to be gentle, but I don't think he was successful because he was basically saying like, um, oh, like uh, you need like consent and permission to post pictures like that. And so I was like, oh, like did, did what I, was what I posted inappropriate? And he said, no, it wasn't inappropriate, but you just need like consent to post pictures. So I was like, okay, like I respect that. Like maybe I shouldn't have posted on my close friends list, but I just assumed that it was okay. Cause it was my close friends and like, mm. um, like people who saw it already knew who she was and like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't judge her. Mm-hmm. Like they simply, they simply wouldn't judge her. Um, so I thought it was safe, but I was like, okay, like that's fine. Like my bad. But, and then he was saying like, as a husband, it's my, duty and my job to protect my protect how my wife is perceived by others so i was Mm. like interesting Mm, okay like okay like as a husband like you gotta do what you gotta do okay like i respect that like that's fine um but then so then i ended up apologizing and i was like oh like i'm really sorry like i didn't mean to cause harm like i didn't know that this would be such a big deal like Mm. um like i'm genuinely sorry like I, I didn't mean to do harm. And he was like, oh yeah, of course. Like, I know that Susie, like, mm-hmm. I know you didn't mean to do harm and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like no hard feelings. Okay. So I was like, okay, okay. So no hard feelings, but I had hard feelings, <laughs> <laughs> but I had hard feelings because I think it just like really triggered like 
experiences in the past again that I had mentioned like um just feeling like patronized and ganged up on because it was like Mm. it was like both of them as a couple confronting me about it and I just felt like I didn't have support like it was like two people against one right and I don't think they were trying to gang up on me but I felt ganged up on yeah I just felt like no one was supporting me and like even in our group chat like like no one was really like taking my side Mm. um like one of the girls was just texting me separately and she was like oh just like try to understand her it's like because she's uh like close with her in-laws and like you know what I mean so I was like "Mm, okay like I think it's just like underlying underneath all this it was just like a difference of like culture because like I'm Mm. more like I'm Americanized like they're more Korean so I guess they're more like concerned about like how they're perceived by people especially if it's church and like if they're like in like a leadership position whatever which is like okay then don't fucking go clubbing but uh, (laughs) anyway were they in a leadership position at church yeah okay so 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 was that the end of it? Like, you, no okay. hard feelings? Okay, then- so yeah, we said no hard feelings, but then I had hard feelings because I was, I just felt like triggered and like um, patronized mm. and just, you know, and I just felt like, I just felt so wronged and like wrongly accused mm. and like, and I was like talking, I was like talking to people and they were like, Susie, like you did nothing wrong. Like you literally did nothing wrong. Mm. They're really overreacting and stuff. But then I just, I still felt like shame and like guilt and like self blame. Mm. Um, Cause to be fair, it's like, yeah, like I probably shouldn't have people have a right to a right to not want to be posted on social media, even if it's close friends, you know? Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, so after that we said no hard feelings, but then I just stopped going to church after that. Cause it was just like the last straw. Cause it was just, yeah. there was a, a lot of other stuff that happened before. Mm. So it was just like the last straw. And then, but then a few months later, um, she texted me and she was like, oh, like, Susie, I feel like you've been avoiding me. And like, um, if uh, like, I would love to just like talk to you. And like, I- I'm really sorry if like, um, if I was out of line, basically, she apologized. Oh, okay. And um, she was basically saying like, uh, like, we should get a meal together or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I was still holding, I think I was still holding a more of a grudge than I thought I was because Mm. when I saw that I was like because before after that incident happened I just decided to cut them out like I blocked them on all social media I was like you're dead to me Mm. um yeah so I just decided to cut them out and so when I got that text I was like no you're dead to me like I'm gonna cut you out so like I didn't respond okay and so and and so that was like the last the, the the end of it but then after that I was like I think now that time has passed and I have more like separation from the situation and like I'm less emotional about it and I can think about it more logically it's like mm. um yes they were overreacting I think but I think I was also very like mm, passionate in my like anger and resentment yeah in that time in that situation mm. um so my like response was even like even more extreme of like wanting to cut them out yeah and um so yeah and so i've been thinking about forgiveness a lot mm. and and it's like it's not it it's really like not this one situation that 
made me desire to cut them out. It was just like, I think I, it was like a combination of all the church hurt and trauma that I've dealt with from Mm -hmm. that church in the past that just like accumulated all together at once. And so I think they, in my head, they just represented um, all the previous trauma. And Mm. I think I was trying to cut off the previous yeah Yeah, it was like the culmination of all of that yeah not just that single situation you know what i mean yeah we're getting into like identifying the narrative and things yeah 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 so do you want to go through the four steps okay let's do it let's do it yeah yeah i feel like there's a lot of things there yeah (laughs) okay so the first step is identify the feelings okay what were you feeling when she texted you and then later when her husband texted you Mm mm-hmm so I felt belittled. Hmm. I felt wronged. I felt. Did you feel angry? Um, I think anger came later when I felt like I didn't deserve that type of treatment. Hmm. But at the moment, I think I was just, like scared because I think it triggered in me like moments when I was in like high school and like uh church authority figures would like uh talk to me in less than ideal ways yeah yeah what do you think it was like the main emotion in that situation like was it fear or was it like shame because you were mentioning Um, shame and guilt when you were telling the story i think it was like fear that I had done something wrong and like screwed up really bad and like guilt that I had made that mistake. Mm. But then also like, I just remember feeling so belittled and like, I just felt so small. Mm. Why did you feel so small? Like that's kind of getting into the narrative, right? Like what Mm. was the story that you were telling yourself, yourself about them and also about yourself? Like it just, in the past, um, like there would be times when like church authority figures, for example, like an assistant pastor, he would like sit me down and basically like, basically like do like a performance review of me, of like my faith and like, Mm. very toxic, I know, um, of my (laughs) faith and like how, just like me as a person, I don't know, it's fucking weird. Um, Because I was like a, I was like serving on like, you know how like in like departments, like high school, like high school has like the high school leaders and like mm-hmm. the college department leaders and things like, things like that. I was like one of the leaders for like in high school and college. And so I just remember like, for example, like he would like scold me on like, um, just like really like trivial stuff. And it, like, I think he was doing it out of love and I think he was doing it, um, uh, wanting me to, improve and like grow and like get better because that's how he was treated like Mm -hmm. by his like authority figures Mm -hmm. um but then when you do that to like a 16 year old when when like the pirate power dynamics are there like you're a man like you're literally like a full grown-ass adult man and you're talking to like a little high school girl and like telling her all the things that she did wrong and like how what she can improve on and like (sighs) just like shaming me for things like yeah i just felt really small and so this situation just triggered in me like that those same feelings of feeling really small and like defenseless and like 
no one was advocating for me. And like, I felt so misunderstood. Mm. It, like back then when I was little, like I felt so misunderstood because I would, he would like accuse me of things that I did that I didn't do um, because he would just assume that I did it. But then, and so in this situation, I felt like once again, misunderstood and like belittled. What do you think they were misunderstanding? Um, I guess, I guess my intentions. Yeah. Like yeah. you did not put, put out that right. photo with any malicious right. intent and yet right. they were feeling like attacked. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And I feel like what would have helped me was if he had said, if he had started with like, oh, I know that you didn't do this with any malicious intent. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that we're overreacting, but we just want to be careful. <laughs> I'm just like, no one's ever going to admit that they're overreacting. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like this, like if I had like, if the conversation had gone this way, I would have, it would have been fine. But like, yeah, if they had said like, oh, like we just want to be careful with like who sees different yeah. sides of me because like different sides of her just because like she yeah um for whatever reasons like they're protective of their image or whatever which is like that's fine like you know yeah. but then again i'm like a thought that i had was like you're not a fucking celebrity no one fucking cares about you but okay but that okay, was yeah, like, like what are you thinking about the other person at this moment i like the husband and the wife i just thought i'm gonna be real honest now yeah do it <laughs> I just felt like they had inflated egos because they were thinking that like people cared more about them than they actually do, you know? And they were just being very like protective over their image and like, Mm. but I'm like, no one is, no one cares. Like (laughs) like, no one like is thinking about you as much as you think that they are. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. So now like what, let's identify like what's true about that. Like um, you think, like your, your thought process was kind of like, they have inflated egos. They're just like narcissistic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like how, like, do we know that that's like how, how they are? Uh, <laughs> like how do we separate what, what's the narrative versus mm-hmm. like what's actually happening? Right. Yeah. So it's funny. Cause like when I talk to other people, they share my assessment of them. <laughs> I'm going to be real hard here and try to extend as much grace and empathy to these people as possible. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know these people, right. um, but for the sake of this emotional intelligence mm-hmm. exercise, we're going to, mm-hmm. um, try to, um, par- okay. one right. thing of you're like, right. you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of emotional intelligence is like perspective taking mm-hmm. and that's like seeing it from their side. Yeah. So I think that I understand, uh, if I were to put myself in their shoes, I think they were just, scared like i i'm sure they just had fear of like fear of judgment right which everyone has yeah so when i think about it that way i'm like yeah oh like i get you it's yeah i'm I'm sorry that i threatened that yeah um yeah and like i think that in-law thing is probably like pretty real like mm. they're like in-laws i think family dynamics and relationships are like difficult and um like jeopardy especially if they were living with them were they living with them no they weren't living okay. with them but i think they were just like close with them right yeah. yeah so yeah like fear of being judged like that's 
like they, their response may have been out of like fear and mm-hmm. not necessarily like directed towards you, but like fear of judgment, which right. is like very relatable. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, just because I am not afraid of being judged for enjoying nightlife doesn't mean that I don't have other fears of being judged in different ways. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. it's like, I, it's like, if I were to step into like vulnerability and like humility and like mm-hmm. acknowledging that I'm no better than them. Right. It's like, yeah, like I have fear of judgment in other areas just because it's not that area doesn't mean that like I don't mm-hmm. have it. Yeah. 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 And then also like, I don't know, this happened a while ago, but um, if you remember like what exactly were they saying to you? Was, mm-hmm. was it very, was it as aggressive as you perceived it to be right yeah and i i was like struggling with that because um so i sent screenshots verbatim to a a close friend who like i trust Mm. and um because i didn't want to like fudge up yeah subtext Mm. but and i didn't want things to get lost in translation Mm -hmm. so i sent like screenshots and she was like she was even more mad than I was. Actually. <laughs> That's a good friend. <laughs> yeah. And I sent them to like another close friend too. And he was like really mad too. But, um, but what, what did they say? Do you remember like exactly? Um, if it, you don't, that's okay. I think it's it was a long time ago. <laughs> I think it was enough for like my friend's responses were very genuine. Mm. They were like genuine initial like gut reactions to reading yeah, the text and so yeah. the fact that they were really angry about it uh paints that picture for yeah you. do but you think they were directing anger at you like through those messages i think that it came out that way but i think they were sorry about it afterwards because yeah, yeah again like they did apologize and yeah. then and then the guy did say like oh yeah no hard feelings and like we know that you didn't intend on doing this but like just like in the future like blah 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 and so i think it was both like they they were triggered and i was triggered we were both triggered (laughs) oh so many triggers triggers. yeah so and so that's what caused like tension in the relationship yeah yeah and then also another thing that like um i was struggling with was like i let my pride get in the way of accepting the apology and like reconciling the relationship because I didn't want them to know how hurt I was Mm. by them because I was like (laughs) I know because I was like oh like I'm not phased by it like yeah I don't give a shit yeah you want to be that strong woman right but sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't need to be strong (laughs) yeah and so that got in the way of me like navigating the situation with more maturity. I, I will admit yeah. that like, I don't think I was, it was the most like emotionally mature way to handle the situation. Right. Um, you know, it's easier to cut people off and it's easier it to is. like, just like not deal with it and run mm, away yes, than uh, to like actually face it. Um, and then I would tell myself, Oh, like they're not even like, like I wasn't even close with them to begin with. So there's no point in like, right. Uh, whatever. But then I think about it. And I'm like, they're, they're also like, god's beloved you know like even in their flawed ways and i'm flawed too yeah um and like a wedge that comes in between unity amongst god's people is Mm. you know god doesn't want that yeah yeah 
disruption and unity and like community right, right. yeah unity is so mm-hmm. hard to achieve <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah so i mean the last step would be like to identify next steps this like happened a long time ago so like mm-hmm. you um kind of admitted that like you probably did not respond to that in the most emotionally mature way so like what do you wish you would have done in that situation mm-hmm. i think like actually so um I think at the time I needed to like have space away because I think if I were to have responded, I would have said things that I regret. Yeah. So I think the health, like healthiest way I could have dealt with it at that time when I was very like emotionally emotional and like triggered and you know, yeah. Um, like a sense like emotions were heightened. Yeah. It was good of me to just like distance myself. Yeah. But I think now that time has passed and like, I think I've like, like just even this exercise was, was very helpful. Like seeing it from their perspective and stuff. Yeah. Um, because another thing is like, I could, no matter how many times my friends would tell me like, Oh, like they're whack. Like, you know, like you didn't yeah. deserve that. Like blah, blah, blah. That does for some reason that didn't make me feel any better. Right. But I think like putting myself in their shoes and like trying to understand it from their perspective, it actually does make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I do yeah. feel like, like responding, like hate, hate responding, like responding hate with hate, yeah. <laughs> like is never very effective. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I, it feels really good in the moment where you're like, they suck mm-hmm. and they did that and they w- did that. Mm-hmm. And I see this like a lot on social media, mm-hmm. like people, like someone does something and like questionable or whatever. And then in the comments, you just like see people being like that person's, um, whatever mm-hmm. and like lots of hate with hate and like i'm like aren't you like just as bad as that person right. if you are exactly responding with hate exactly yeah um oh my gosh it just it does take a lot of emotional maturity though mm-hmm. to respond with empathy and with love yeah i i do feel like yeah like space important to since like you know like you're you were in like an emotionally vulnerable space and you probably might have said something that you regretted Mm -hmm. but you could have maybe like told them been like hey like I need space um and like maybe circle back around to it later and then again with like the wife who did reach out to you with like a genuine desire to like resolve your conflict and then like no response on your behalf there's probably like hurt on her end and and their end that's probably happening because of the broken relationship of of that um so like there's a lot of stuff there i feel like it is not too late Susie. like Mm -hmm. if you want to have a conflict resolving conversation with this person like Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to do that. And like you have like we went through these steps and I feel like this was helpful. Like you have had time distance to like think about it. Um, like you're you've acknowledged your role. You've acknowledged their role. Like again, like conflict is two sided. Yeah. <laughs> we, we both effed up in that situation. Right. Um, and then like, yeah, approaching them with both like humility and mm-hmm. being like, I messed up. But yeah. also like you guys must, you mm-hmm. shouldn't tell them that they messed up. <laughs> um, that's not really a great way to actually get an apology from someone. Like you can't, again, like you can't go into the conversation being like, this person needs to apologize for what they have done. Right. Okay? Cause yeah, they may like not, not yeah. they may not have that self-awareness, mm-hmm. but like if you know on your mm-hmm. end that you have done the work, like you know um, what you've done and like how their uh, response, like, you know, triggered you. Like you've put your best self forward and then that's like resolved 
like absolved you of bitterness mm-hmm. and, and shame. Mm-hmm. Cause it does sound like maybe you do still have some shame and bitterness over this. Last, yeah. Yeah. I think I, it's like lingering. It's like anytime I like remember it, I get like a little like mm, a little ick. Yeah. A little ick, that icky feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do feel like you said that like he wanted to call, but instead you just texted. I actually do feel like that was probably yeah. a mistake. Like calling and I, talking right. in person is like yeah, way better than, than talking over text. That's and true. it doesn't sound like you ever even had an in-person conversation mm-hmm. with them. So yeah. like, yeah, my exhortation to you mm-hmm. is to like, talk to them <laughs> it's funny because it's like i don't know i think like at this point though like like maybe this is me still having pride yeah but my mindset is like so much time has passed that like it's not really like you know and i feel like we, our paths will we'll never cross again and so like my mindset is like i know you're giving me an expression but I'm like my mindset is kind of like oh if i if i ran into them in person i would be friendly with them like i would be like yo what's up but like but who I, knows what they're thinking i know but i feel like i wouldn't go out of my way to like here's the thing reconcile that relationship ah, <laughs> here's the thing i think that if you, if you don't reconcile it like it would be fine mm. right like mm-hmm. if you didn't do anything you can continue on in your right because it's like you can, <laughs> you can forgive without reconciling yeah. Yeah. Like, like, but I do feel like having those kind of closure or like conversation mm-hmm. is better than fine. <laughs> I think that's um, true. But again, like I-, I will caveat that with like, um, saying that, you know, your own emotional health, mm-hmm. not me. So like, that's up to your discernment to be like, is this important for my emotional health to have mm-hmm. this conflict resolving, um, conversation Mm -hmm. and like who knows what god will do with that like i think there is potential there to be like growing in your own emotional maturity and also like even the potential of like reviving the friendship and maybe that like turns into something really beautiful or maybe it doesn't and like that's Mm -hmm. fine but like i think that god really honors our desire to do good yeah and like even if we like it doesn't turn out like in the most beautiful way like we are acknowledging that you put your best self out there Mm -hmm. versus like you ended that situation, like not being your best self. Right. 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 That's kind of my thought. Again, you have to decide that for yourself. (laughs) You know, your own emotional health, you know, your emotional boundaries and I trust you. Evelyn, you're, (laughs) you're like, so (laughs) like you're, you're one of the most emotionally involved people that I know. Oh my gosh. And emotionally solid people that I know. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Susie. I really try. Like you're so like, just like solid and firm. And, like, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I, yeah, I feel like it, it actually does like just take a lot of effort. Like mm. I have been like thinking about these things a lot. You're like an Olympic athlete <laughs> in the sport of emotional <laughs> intelligence. Wow, this is the highest honor. <laughs> Gold medal. Thank you so you. much. I really appreciated going through this with you. This and was like, like very, very helpful actually, because it's like, I feel like in the past when I've shared this story to like select few people that I trust who right. wouldn't like, but now that I'm like sharing it on a podcast, but like, <laughs> it's only because like, I like in the past when I would share it, like I like they would take the side of like blaming them, but then it wouldn't feel good. And so yeah. with you, it's like, um, I think also because they know who those people are, but like with yeah. you as a third party, it's like, right. um, I, I feel like I appreciate that, um, you helped me navigate this situation 
with the goal of like coming to conflict resolution Mm -hmm. if even if it's not to restore the relationship just like at least just just to give me peace like on my end and like help me understand and like yeah navigate it healthily yeah um oh my gosh you're so like that was really helpful (laughs) it was just like a very safe space for me to share yeah because i knew that you wouldn't fuel resentment like or fuel more anger or fuel more guilt yeah um or like or like overly i don't know if there's such a thing as overly validate but like (laughs) yeah you know like you know how like when you're like friends with someone like you you're like take their side no matter what even if they are wrong but it's like that's not not great that's like, not the, that's not healthy yeah, yeah. like accountability mm-hmm. i think that's something i've been seeking out a lot in like um my relationships where it's like if you see my bs like call me out yeah. i want to know <laughs> like yeah. i have blind spots mm-hmm. so yeah um i mean i really appreciate your vulnerability and like sharing the story that's like clearly like it's raw it's hard mm-hmm. <laughs> i felt very safe to yeah. share the story oh so my i gosh. appreciate the safe space that you held for me today oh my gosh you're welcome <laughs> You're so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I love you, Susie. Oh, Evelyn, I love you so much. Be my bridesmaid. Oh my gosh, I will. You heard it here first, guys. I do think about who my bridesmaids would be. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I think about that all the time. Right? And yeah. it's like, um, Evelyn, Lizzie, for sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Do you know my my friend anniversary with uh, Lizzie is coming up in Aww. like I like literally looked back on my messages. I was like, when did I first text Lizzie? It's, it's June sixth. June sixth. I don't think Lizzie knows this. Lizzie, Lizzie <laughs> it's June sixth. It's June sixth. It's our friend anniversary. We've, we've known each other one year. I have to identify our friend anniversary. I know it's someone in December. It was the zoo lights. Right, but night. what day was that? I don't remember. We'll, we'll ask Pastor Abe. <laughs> I could probably look back at my text. That's yeah, like they yeah. say for like a year. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh thank you so much, Evelyn, for for creating the safe space for me to talk today. You are so welcome. And thank you so much for imparting your emotional intelligence wisdom to me mm. and our listeners. I'm sure <laughs> I appreciate it a lot. Mm. I learned a lot today. I oh hope my gosh. y'all have learned too. Um Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Can I can I uh vol- volunteer you to <laughs> share your <laughs> Instagram in case anyone wants to message you and work through their uh, emotional stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um you can find me. I have two Instagram accounts. Uh, my personal Instagram account is Evelyn Lee. Lee L-I. is spelled L I. Mm-hmm. Evelyn Lee dot JPEG. So dot jpg cute it's cute. private um so just request me um, cute yeah and then my other my other account is like my art account um follow it's, her art <laughs> it's so beautiful it, it's it's a public account so you don't have to request me it's evelyn c plum evelyn c. uh plum like the fruit plum like the fruit yeah so you can follow me i'm always happy to have a conversation yeah love to do that oh, <laughs> i love that thank you for offering that oh my gosh and by the way her art is so freaking cool oh like gosh. i literally like like when i went over to your place i was like telling evelyn i was like evelyn <laughs> how did this come like you like formed it in your brain and then that those ideas like channeled through your arm into your hand onto the through the pencil graphite whatever <laughs> and onto the paper yeah like how did that like like how did that how did that happen like 
you know what I mean? like that's so wild to me like how magic. did you like it's literally you're literally creating <laughs> magic like you're creating such art beautiful art out oh of nothing god. out of thin air oh my god and it's all just like from your brain wow dude, thank you so much your brain I'm is like, so like I'm cool blushing. and creative like dude how does that oh you're a magician like, you, oh my gosh you're a magician thank you so much you like do all this video work and your job is so cool you're oh like god. interviewing people and like making videos and like wow so cool <laughs> <laughs> Affirmation um, circle time. Well, I, this is not a circle. Let's do but. a let's do a um, <laughs> subtle Asian dating uh, <laughs> Evelyn plug. Let's do a uh, let's auction off Evelyn. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That, we d- actually that happened once, and there were no takers. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if they hear the podcast, they'll maybe, be like, "Oh, maybe. she's so emotionally involved." Oh my gosh! Oh okay, my God. well. This has been well, super fun. Thank you so much for coming on today. You're so welcome. You'll be anytime. You'll, you'll you're a recurring guest. So oh my gosh! <laughs> today is not the last day. There will be many, many more to come. Wow, I am looking forward to it. Yay! <laughs> okay, I love you, Evelyn. I love you too. I love you, listeners. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys have a great day. And until next time, bye. Bye. I hope this episode <laughs> lifted you, and I hope we. We'll get lifted together. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.